This is going to be a wild recording session. I can already tell. This is going to go so far, like, weird. Uh. It's going to be great. <laughs> um. Okay. Hello and welcome to... Uh, nope, I didn't say that right. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, no. Welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. Vanessa, hello. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is all about shoes for uh, an odd reason. So I wanted to talk to you. Do you have any any shoe-related stories? So I actually have a shoe-related Mash story. (laughs) Yo! So... I, of course, started liking MASH right when everybody goes through that, like, pivotal puberty phase, of course. So Mm -hmm. um, I was, like, really into MASH in, like, fifth, sixth, seventh grade still now to this day, let's be real. So, of course- We do host a podcast about it. Yeah, that's true. So, of course, I wanted to, like, incorporate MASH into my personal, like, style as much as I could. So I- wanted a pair of combat boots really really badly and my mother was so like hesitant to let me have combat boots because they were not cool at that phase of time and so uh, finally eventually she bought me combat boots and I just like wore them with my mash shirt all the time and Yo. I thought that I was like the coolest person in my combat boots and my mash 4077 shirt and then um I would always get like made fun of like not like really but like just like jibes for my friends of like I can't believe you're wearing those shoes and then like a year later combat boots became like a really popular shoe style for women and mm-hmm. I was like I was a trendsetter because I liked mash <laughs> That's great. I love that your adolescent edgy face was watching MASH. Instead <laughs> of, I mean, I know that you were like into these like emo punk things like everybody else. <laughs> but I love that like you were emo punk. But also you just really like this old sitcom about a, a guy being like a kind of a weirdo to women sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just like. That's. I'm going to say that I'm slandering Hawkeye in that description. Hawkeye's better than that. But <laughs> yeah, I, just I still like, like it. This whole thing about uh, army doctors in the 1950s, like, filmed in the 70s, like, that was my cool, edgy face. <laughs> I don't know, man. What do kids watch? I don't know. <laughs> if you're a kid, write in. <laughs> I was too much of a dork to watch anything, like, hip when I was, like, an actual 6th, 7th, 8th grade person. I was still, like, watching, mm-hmm. like cartoons on the disney channel i'll just be real (laughs) and i still watch those to this day so like you and i both have our strange media diet (laughs) let's let's just be honest here so this episode is all about hawkeye needing shoes this episode was called for want of a boot when hawkeye's request for new boots is delayed he and trapper try doing favors for everyone around camp to expedite getting a replacement boot vanessa what did you think of this episode So there was nothing really groundbreaking about this episode. It was very reminiscent of the Long John Flap where they kind of go to everybody in the camp and there's, you know, just kind of a ruckus in the camp. Mm -hmm. Um, But I loved this episode. It was so nostalgic mash for me. Like this is an episode that I would definitely just like have on and be like, ah, yes, mash. If that makes sense. It's it's a very, I I have a very just like, love for this episode for some reason just because it's so 
silly and like mash like and i don't know i just love it yeah no i feel you this has a very um classical structure to it like i feel like a lot of shows do this plot line mm-hmm. of we want something but everybody else like wants a favor i feel like that's one of the like ancient stories to be honest like there's probably like an <laughs> aesop's fable uh or like a grim fairy like that kind of thing yeah where it's all about like getting through the network of people uh and they even kind of like make fun of that in the office with like one episode where it's at like a flea market and like dwight does this intentionally so it's like a very uh it's very classical going through all these people for a favor uh and everybody wants something and everything is connected and it's all like a flow of a system uh but i i like this one a lot this is definitely a story that works the best when the characters are strong like when you get everybody's like personality from what they want and like everybody's on their a game in this one yeah absolutely and like what you said with um this works best with really just strong characters. Everybody, even though we do get the inclusion of some characters that are not the main cast, everybody works in this episode so well together. Like um, Margaret just being herself, Henry being like a very like tired commanding officer, just all, all of this stuff, Frank being just who he is. It's all really good. And like I said, nothing groundbreaking about this episode. It wasn't commentary. It wasn't, you know, dramatic. Uh, it, it was just good. <laughs> yeah, it was just like a sitcom episode that is strong because everybody involved is, is strong. Like you get a very good sense of everybody. I liked how it, it opened with um, the Hawkeye's got this giant hole in his boot and it happens to be Frank's birthday. So he <laughs> decides that the best way to mend his boot is to take the birthday card specifically from Frank's wife, even though he has a few birthday cards up there and like sticks it into his boot to like cover the hole. And I thought that was like weirdly vindictive of him. Like he could have taken... <laughs> literally any other birthday card and it probably would have mattered i mean frank's still like a petty jerk so he would have cared either way but specifically taking the one from his wife i feel like that was like a kind of unnecessary jab it was a very hawkeye thing of just like oh yeah i'm gonna seek out the one from frank's wife because she clearly matters the least to him (laughs) i mean it's true he is is. sleeping with somebody who isn't his wife Did you notice Hawkeye, he mentioned being from Vermont again? Yes, I noticed that Hawkeye's from Vermont. Like, that's it. Like, that is, uh, I don't, I cannot wait until Crabapple Cove, Maine just comes into this series because I really want to know why we all think that Hawkeye is from Crabapple Cove, Maine. Like, why why is that just the accepted, like, you know, place for him? When it's, like, a a total retcon at this point. Like, one episode is, like, you know, it's early. They didn't quite have the show worked out. Like, eh, they didn't know the backstory. But when it's, like, three or four episodes at that point saying that, like, he's from Vermont. (laughs) That he's just from Vermont and they decided later to move him to this very quirky sounding town in Maine. Like, what is Crabapple Cove? (laughs) That sounds like the the setting of, like, a children's show. (laughs) (laughs) I really, um, I, I'm like, 
is Hawkeye's dad like is that where he grew up and then Hawkeye moved to Vermont I, I'm very I'm very very curious to figure out where the crap apple cove Maine comes from but I just wanted to I wanted to make that known to everybody that we get another insertion that Hawkeye is from Vermont well I have to like really seek out when the first time Maine is mentioned and like make a big deal out of it we're gonna have to like make a whole segment being like the Maine report it finally (laughs) happened uh but yeah so this opening scene with Frank and you know obviously Hawkeye still gives the card back so his shoe problem is not solved so he and Trapper who I like Trapper in this one, that he's just kind of along for the ride. He doesn't want yeah. anything for himself. Uh, he and Trapper go on this big quest to get a proper shoe back. And as we said, it's a big favor network storyline. So uh, I guess we'll go through the the different aspects of the people that they, they meet up with. First, they have to get the supply requisition guy... He has a big cavity in his mouth. He, he So I was uh I was kind of confused about this because like he does he has this like big ass cavity in his mouth apparently cuz Hawkeye and Trapper, you know, go see him to try to get a boot because Hawkeye had said I put in for a new boot months ago. Like where is it? And this guy is just like, "Yeah, you want to see a hole? Look at this hole in my mouth." And shows them this <laughs> tooth. And then they mention his tonsils also, and I'm like, why are all of these, like, medical conditions talked about but then never followed up on? Like, remember Klinger with the hernia? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I'm like, is this guy going to have to have his tonsils out? We can assume that Klinger at one point had the hernia taken care of off screen. I don't know. (laughs) But um, they said that the dentist of the unit wouldn't fix it for him. And so I thought that that was super weird. And then in the next scene, when they have the dentist, he said that it's a cosmetic issue and he's not taking care of cosmetic issues. I'm like, I'm pretty sure cavities in your mouth is not like cosmetic. Like that's very important to take get taken care of. Yeah, that uh, that causes real pain. Yeah, this is definitely one of those things where you kind of have to just go with it for the beginning. Oh yeah, of course, of um, course. Like, you know... Them needing dental surgery pretty unrelated to the fact that he hasn't done a good job for the past, like, three months of not getting Hawkeye a boot. And then, like, oh, by the way, if you do this one thing for me, I'll actually do my job. Like, good good corruption there, my guy. (laughs) Also, I have to note, in this particular show... Why is every dentist so aggressively Jewish? Like, Dude. Who who in the like writers, staff, like anything, who has like a very Jewish <laughs> dentist, dad, uncle, something that they always make this dentist character Jewish? See, it's a very different kind of Jewish than uh previous Jewish characters because one true. was like it's true. Woody Allen neurotic and this is uh <laughs> very uh Jewish nerd kind of guy like that kind of we're getting a lot of we're 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 seeing the full spectrum of the Jewish stereotype (laughs) in the show by way of the dentist because this guy this 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 dentist is like the first weeb to ever exist he's just obsessed (laughs) with Japan thinks he's Japanese like believes that he is a Japanese person like born in the body of a white guy which uh ahead of his time by the way 
Because Very there's true. so many like anime nerds who are like, Japan is just wholly superior to everything. So this guy's like ahead of the curb. And like, honestly, he's not wrong. Japan is pretty cool. But that being said, it was just like a weird thing for him to be so obsessed with, like as this just like weird <laughs> Jewish dentist guy. <laughs> but also, this guy is from New Jersey. He said he's from Wait. East Orange. Yeah. When he was going on his whole weird like rant about that. how he thought that he was like Japanese because he just like feels so attached to like Japan and Japanese culture and stuff like that. He was he said, Oh, something about being from East Orange. I was like, New Jersey! I'm so happy. I was like thrilled. <laughs> wow. This is such a strange character. I don't understand this man. I think we should move on from the Jewish dentist now, though, because even though yes. we do love him, I want a whole show dedicated to this Jewish dentist. <laughs> Basically, um, his name is Futterman, which, again, aggressively Jewish. He wants a three-day pass to Japan um, for, like, the weekend. And the only person who can really sign off on that is Henry. And so Hawkeye and Trevor, of course, have to go to Henry. And Henry is just in a really bad mood. Probably, like, the worst mood we've seen him in. He's very, like, cold to radar Hawkeye Trapper. And we come to find out it's because Margaret's, like, on his ass again. Basically writing to General Mitchell saying, like, he's, like, a bad commanding officer. A bunch of nurses want to quit because Margaret is being, like not nice to them it's just like you could tell that henry's just not having a good time in this scene vanessa my goodness margaret this season is so aggressively like jockeying for henry it's so bizarre because you know earlier episodes were all about his trial and she just keeps trying to like get him kicked out of the camp like that is like her thing for this season and you know this is a, this is a story where like it doesn't work if uh, Henry isn't greedy, but I'm like, of course they they go in like wanting something from Henry the one day that like he actually gives them pushback on anything. <laughs> I know. Normally it's just like yeah whatever I don't care, but now he's like I'm in a grumpy mood, so you have to help me out. <laughs> just everybody becomes you know the these like video game NPCs of like. Well, I need this tax fulfilled before I can help you. And like, that's really uh, apparent with the Henry end of it. Because normally, I don't think he would care. I don't think so either. But honestly, like, he deserves it because he basically goes to bat for Hawkeye and Trapper all the time. Like, he, he does not give them any impediments usually to anything. So honestly, they should be helping him out. Like, truly. Also, also, I didn't... Uh, there one, like, criticism I have of the, for this episode was I really didn't like when they constantly were saying, oh, maybe Margaret is, like, gunning for you so hard about you being, like, a shitty commanding officer because, like, you should sleep with her and maybe she'll, like, get off your back. It was just like, ew, no. Because, like, Henry, as much as we love Henry, he's not very fit for command. And we know that Margaret is very much, like, have to be by the book and the army is everything and this, that, and the other thing. So it makes sense. Like... Uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying, but like also Margaret just does kind of sleep with a lot of her command. Like she does sleep with a few of the generals, so I understand like why they were saying that because it's just kind of a thing that she does. But you're right, like reducing her issues to she wants to sleep with you is like frustrating. It's like. Come on, guys. We we talked about, like, last week that they, like, gave... Maybe not last week. Like, a week or two ago that they, like, finally gave Margaret interiority. 
and now we're reducing her to like this uh you know like promiscuous like i want to sleep around and i'm frustrated i can't kind of character <laughs> yeah it was uh i mean that was like not a like an egregious thing it was just something i noticed no, it was a quick thing yeah and honestly um like i liked that margaret also had pull over hawkeye and trapper in this so of course we are so far off topic of this episode um there isn't much to like be on topic there isn't about. really much to talk like talk about in this episode but to kind of get henry to relent to this three-day pass that the dentist is requesting hawkeye and trapper have to get margaret off of henry's back basically and to do that she has like this like pull over them like everybody else does of like be nice to frank burns like that's all i want just just be nice to frank burns because i i assume that that mm-hmm. makes her life a lot easier <laughs> um so because it's frank's birthday she requests that they throw him a party and like basically make everybody pretend that they like him which i thought was very funny <laughs> yeah at first when she said like oh i need you to be nice to frank burns I wasn't thinking of how, like, actionable that would be. Like, Hawkeye says, like, oh, he'll never wake up with a meatloaf in his pajamas again. Like, stuff like this <laughs> that we haven't, like, seen. So at first I was a little confused of, like, okay, how does this, like, turn into uh something that they, like, actually need to do? But I like how they brought back the fact that it is his birthday. It's a very small thing, but, like, very clearly, like, okay, they put a lot of thought into how this network of ideas would work. Although, I'll be real, the fact that, like, her thing is that she wants something for Frank, I felt was, like, a little cheap. I kind of wanted her to kind of want something for herself, because everyone else is being so, like, selfish about it. The fact that she's like, I want my boyfriend to have a happy birthday, even though he's, like, 40. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Even though he's 40 and probably, you know, shouldn't care about birthday parties anymore. Uh, we're going to throw him a birthday party and you're going to bring presents. I'm like, where yeah. are they going to get presents from? They're on army bait. Like, they can't go to <laughs> Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, It was kind of everything that Margaret does for Frank, I find very, like, pathetic. Except in, like, very certain circumstances where it's like, oh, that that's cute or that's sweet, whatever. But most of it's just kind of pathetic. It's just like, girl, break up with him. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. having to get Frank this birthday party is funny because like obviously no one wants to. And like getting him a cake is uh, they have to go to the radar to get the cake and get it set up. And Radar, once again, uh, even though, like, any other episode, he wouldn't care. It's just having that, like, little greedy bug in his brain saying, like, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry I'm snapping at you so much for calling me short and stuff. Because they, they call him short. I'm sorry that uh, I can't help you right now. I'm just feeling really lonely. So, you know, he, he wants them to <laughs> to set him up on a date with, like, a hot blonde nurse. And they're like, oh, god like it just keeps going (laughs) yeah because um this nurse first of all she's kind of really mean it was it was not she was not a nice person but of course like radar did not care he just wanted to be on a date with a pretty nurse of course Mm -hmm. so they then go to her to like kind of try to set radar up and she says yeah i'll go on a date with whoever you want me to date um as long as you get me a hair dryer and so, of course, then they have to go find a hairdryer. And who do they go to for the hairdryer? Clinger, baby. Clinger! <laughs> Which, uh, 
By the way, I forgot that this show was in the 50s. When it when he said hairdryer sticking handheld, no, no, no. Claire has like a giant like salon hairdryer in his <laughs> tent. And I'm like, where in the... How did he get that? Like, I... It's so... <laughs> yeah, it was... It's like this big hairdryer. And it's like, I don't understand how he could have gotten that. Especially because a few episodes prior, they were like, yeah, an incubator? No, no, no. But Klinger can get this hairdryer for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, priorities, man. You gotta look nice. <laughs> so what does Klinger want more than anything? And he even says to it. get out of the army, baby. Of course, his discharge. So he says that if Hawkeye and Trapper can get uh, Frank and Margaret to sign off on his discharge because he needs four officers to sign that he uh, should get his section eight, he will give them the hairdryer. So he eventually, he does give them the hairdryer with like the promise that Hawkeye and Trapper would get Frank and Margaret to sign, which I do, I have a bone to pick with this. And this is like literally me nitpicking so hard because of course, like Klinger's not getting out of the army, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not going to happen. But I was thinking about it and I was like, if he needs four officers to sign off, Hawkeye Trapper, and then there's a plethora of officers at this camp at this moment that could sign off. It does not have to be Frank and Margaret. Like, it does not have to be them. All of the nurses are lieutenants, therefore officers. Captain uh, Futterman is a captain. He's an officer. Why can't they do it? Yeah, that that is very true. I wasn't thinking (laughs) about that, like, logistically of the actual chain of command. I was just like, okay. Uh, Frank and Margaret are the highest, or I think they're clarified to be the highest, like, ranked people there outside of Henry. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, he needs somebody high in command, but apparently if he only needs an officer, that is kind of silly. But as soon as he said, like, oh, I need my Section 8, like, that was your first indication that uh, everything will not go as well. Because if no. there's one thing that that Klinger cannot get, it's his Section 8. So this actually is where I I enjoyed this episode for uh, the entirety of its runtime. Uh, this is, you know, a very solid version of this, like, favor network storyline. But knowing that Klinger would not get his Section 8 was where I actually piqued my interest of like, okay, how's it going to all work out now? And <laughs> I, I like how uh, this kind of network storyline slowly collapses because at first it's all like working really well. They go to Frank's birthday party and it's like, you know, they're having like legit fun. Henry's wasted out of his mind for some reason. <laughs> Don't you love that at every like event they have, Henry is the most wasted out of all of the all of the camp. <laughs> it's so funny it's to concerning. me. It's concerning. It's like It is concerning. He, Don't get me wrong. Does he hate Frank that much? I didn't think that he like actually cared about Frank enough to be like, you know what, I'm to get through this, I'm getting drunk. Um <laughs> I just think that yeah. Henry drinks at any opportunity he gets. That's true, but he seemed like mean and me like a mean drunk this time around. So <laughs> I think he was harboring some some weird issues there. Maybe, maybe. So yeah, it was fun watching uh everything fall apart because like i said everything's like working out really well but then like one thing in the house of cards like comes out and that's uh frank not wanting to actually sign clinger section eight even though realistically maybe should he he even (laughs) says like why should i kick a pervert out of the army 
And Hawkeye responds, like, why do you want to keep a pervert in the army? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and of course, like, you're right, because even if they really, like, truly believe that, like, homosexuality or, like, being, like, trans or whatever was, like, perverted back in, you know, the 50s in the army, why would they not let him out? You know what I mean? I don't know. Weird, weird, right? But I really liked this whole, this whole thing. I thought it was, (laughs) I thought it was actually kind of funny that frank just has been insufferable since birth apparently because he could not even as a kid get people to come to his birthday parties as a child that kind of hurt my soul a little bit i was like oh maybe that's why frank is the way he is but um (laughs) i mean yeah it all roots back to childhood man (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i thought this was really well done because it happened so quickly like with margaret tearing up the section eight uh paperwork um that hawkeye and trapper were trying to trick her and Frank into signing and then just like everything just collapsing in on itself within like the last couple of minutes of the show of like the dentist even being like yeah you can uh, come in at nine in the morning and then Henry ripping up the pass and then him saying to the uh, supply sergeant yeah never mind actually like sleep in because I'm not I'm not like taking care of your tooth it was all really funny everybody was so petty in this one like they the, were. the instant that things don't go their way. They, they like, take back what they gave. Like, the <laughs> instant that Frank and Margaret tear up Klinger's Section 8 papers, he, like, runs to the nurse's tent and takes away the hairdryer while she's, like, sitting in it. And I'm she's like, still Come using on, it, man. and he's like, yeah, this is mine. Give her, like, an hour? Come on, you, you know <laughs> that, like, things are happening, and you should understand that, like, it's not uh, Hawkeye and Trapper's fault that this couldn't, like, didn't work out. But, like, whatever. I, I liked seeing everything kind of not work. Uh, it was, like, pretty funny. I feel like in episodes prior, when Hawkeye and Trapper are trying to do, like, a roundabout way to get something that they want, whether it's, like, a noble cause or just, like, necessity-wise it's worked out for them in the end. Mm -hmm. And in this episode, it just like really didn't work out for Hawkeye at all. Because what was I I couldn't really get a get a sense of what he ended up using as a makeshift boot. I think it was uh, like golf club things. I don't know. It was weird. Oh, I'm gonna have to rewatch it. I just thought he like got like a big rain boot. But uh, yeah, I, could t- I, been... I thought it was a rain boot too at first, and then I think it was like a golf club like pack thing of because oh, it was like tied around his leg. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I because and they they said something along the lines of like hole in one or something like that. So I figured it was like a golf kind of thing, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> I might cut this out because it's just me trying to like legit figure this out. Remember the gift that Margaret gave Frank, the, like, thing that he hits her with? What was yeah. that? Was that, like, a golf club? Maybe it came no, from that, that. That was, um, that was a, uh, like, a riding crop. Like, you use it to, like, not, like, beat a horse, but, like, hit a horse so that it you runs use it faster. for sexual purposes. <laughs> um, because, like, why why would she give that to him? Um, but, yeah, I don't know what, what Hawkeye used uh, for a final solution for his shoe. But I liked how right after everything uh, doesn't work out and everything falls apart, Hawkeye and Trapper go out into, like, the blizzard. Because it's not, like, really snowing, but it's, like, cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very clearly winter now. 
And, you know, he starts going through, like, well, if we go to the supply person, he'll tell us that he needs a hole in his mouth fixed, and we'll go to the dentist, and the dentist, like, he goes through yeah. the entire plot within, like, a five-second breast span, and I, I just really like that, because a lot of these things, but how these things, like, work out is that they just work out, but the fact that it didn't, like, made it so much more fun for me, that he put in all this effort, this, like, Herculean, like, I, I did everything right and I still couldn't get what I wanted kind of thing. So I like this ending a, a lot and it kind of bumped up the entire episode as a whole for me. Yeah, I liked this whole episode. I liked how it resolved and Hawkeye ended up not getting his way. It was just, uh, it was a really good episode. I liked it a lot. So with that, do you have any favorite lines from this episode? This wasn't an episode with like a lot of funny lines for me. But the one that I thought was great was when they were talking to uh, the dentist and he said that Henry wouldn't originally give him a pass for Japan. And then it kind of cuts to Henry in his office with Radar, but the dentist is still doing the voiceover. Um, The dentist said, in the great mouth of life, Henry Blank is but a temporary filling. And I thought that that was was very funny. (laughs) That was a great line. I wrote that one down, too. This isn't so much clever as something that stuck out to me. That Radar, you know, wanting to date this, like, tall blonde nurse. He's saying, like, hey, man, I looked up in the whatever book that uh, 19 to 25 is a young man's prime. I'm in my prime. I'm going to lose it. And Trapper just says, oh, I'm so very sorry about that. And uh, (laughs) I felt that in my core. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. That's really funny. <laughs> I, lo- I love Radar being a little bit pathetic, but still, like, trying, you know? Uh, I love yeah. that little little man. I love that they kept <laughs> calling him short, and they're like, I'm sorry about calling you short. It's a good time. It was. It was that, that whole interaction between Hawkeye, Trapper, and Radar was very good. So, uh, now, do you have any trivia for us in this uh, very bizarre episode that we've recorded (laughs) yes i do actually so i have a little bit of trivia about the guest stars of this episode so sergeant zale was played by an actor johnny haymeyer and haymeyer was actually born haymeyer lionel fleeg in 1920 and he went by the name johnny haymeyer so we love a jewish king um (laughs) (laughs) what a jews in this episode love that uh, he is best known for his role as Sergeant Zale in MASH. Um, this was his first episode, this episode, and he plays a recur- this recurring role until season eight. So that's pretty cool. Oh, a long-standing guy. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He is also known for his role in the Al Pacino movie and Justice for All, and he did a lot of voice acting work for children's cartoons in the 1980s like the Transformers and Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Haymeyer unfortunately passed away in 1989 at the age of 69 from cancer. But still, like, a pretty cool career. So Definitely. Michael Lerner played Captain Futterman, Ethan and I's, like, favorite Jewish dentist, apparently. Um, <laughs> he's been in a lot of stuff, and he is still acting today, so that's really cool. He looked very familiar. Yeah, so um, you might know him from some stuff, but I think you might uh, know his brother, Ken Lerner, who is also an actor. And he's been in a bunch of stuff. They they look very similar. So he's probably best known for his role in Barton Fink, which uh, oh. he was actually nominated 
for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor, which is really, really cool. That might be where I know him from. I'm going to have to see him in that movie, but I, I have seen that movie. That's a Coen Brothers joint. That's that's cool. Good for him for getting an Oscar nomination. Yeah, that's really cool, isn't it? He was also in movies, um, some including Eight Men Out, No Escape, Godzilla, Elf, and X-Men Days of Future Past in supporting roles. So you've so definitely like seen this around. guy before. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, TV-wise, he's done shows like The Rockford Files, Hill Street Blues, Clueless, The Show, and Law and & Order SVU, and Glee in, like, guest roles. Um, and like I said, his brother is Ken Lerner, who is one of those people who's also been in, like, everything. You just know his face, you know? That's pretty rad. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then Nurse Murphy was played by uh, Suzanne Zenner, and she's best known for her role in the soap opera Days of Our Lives between 1977 and 1980. I don't think she's done anything besides that uh, since then. She seemed like a soap opera person. Yeah, I mean, she's like cute, has a high voice, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, you put a blonde person in the 70s, they're probably going to be on a soap opera at some point <laughs> in their lives. Definitely. <laughs> All right, Ethan. So what is your martini rating for this episode? So this one's kind of hard to rate because like you said, it is a, a functional good episode, like not one that like strives to be like fantastic 10 out of 10, but still like remarkably solid for what it is. I think I might have to go a 3.5 out of 5, like very, very solid, but not anything blown me away. What about you? I wholeheartedly agree with that. 3.5, um, 3.5, like objectively, you know what I mean? Like I would put this episode on just like to play at any point in time, but like in comparison to the rest of this season, definitely a 3.5. Pretty tipsy on this episode. Yeah, that's true. We're, ha we're having a good time. We're a little bit buzzed, but not like crazy about it. <laughs> so... Just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob for your Balco for being our technical consultant, Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for awesome cover art, and of course, our listeners, thank you very much. Our music, social media, and contact for the show are linked in the description, as always, and join us next week for Season 2, Episode 18, Operation Noselift. Until then, find a very Jewish dentist. <laughs> Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.